welcome back to another episode of the Gap Downbacker podcast. Uh, today we have Coach PJ Gibbs, uh, the new head football coach at East Lee County High School in Florida. Coach, how you doing? Doing great, Coach. Thank you for having me. This is going to be pretty cool. No problem, Coach. Now, if because like there's a handful of people like that sh- are if you're on Twitter, you know who they are. I, I think at this point, but in case the ra- they're just a person who's listening and doesn't know who you are, how, how did you end up at East Lee High School? Uh, well, it was, um, something that I, I've always wanted to be a head football coach and, um, I viewed a bunch of times in uh, a couple times in New Jersey and a couple times we moved down to Florida and, um, it's a, it's a job. It's, it's really like, you know, they say your first job is the hardest one to get. And, um, they had had a, you know, they've had a pretty, um, down downturn the last six years. And I just took it as upon myself, especially after the year coming off the year we had at Palmetto. Um, being the number one defense in, in on you know Southwest Florida and then winning the first conference championship in school history, just took it upon myself. I said, you know what? I talked to my head coach. Said, hey, I'm going to go for this job, and um, it uh, was an interview and a, and a vetting. And then on that same week, I was offered the job. So it was something that um, you know my wife and I talked about because we're still living here in Naples, and I'm driving 40 minutes, you know, each way every day. But thankfully, against the traffic, which is nice. Um, but uh, it's something that, you know, that we've worked for, you know, my wife and I have been together for 14 years and she's been through everything with me. And it was something that, hey, she's like, this is what you want. This is what you wanted and you have your opportunity now. And that's kind of how it, you know, it happened quick. I mean, it happened at yeah. the end of February and they announced me March 2nd. Um, so very quick turnaround. And uh, but it's it, it's been a blessing. Great administrative support. Fantastic, you know, kids and. Um, they let me hire my home coaching staff, the whole coaching staff. So it's been it's been really really good transition so far. Now, how, how like talk about that transition in a COVID year? Before we get to, we'll talk a little to Reed and him transitioning to calling the offense to defense now. Um, but what, how has that transition been under a COVID situation? Obviously, um, your state's been a little more lenient than some of the other ones, but still, yeah. I mean, there's obviously their hurdles. And then, how's that overall been for you as well? Uh, I think, uh, I mean, we still have to, you know, go through the COVID protocols. Um, you know, kids are wearing masks. Um, you know, if, if we're, if we're on the field and we are working out and they are engaged in exercise, they can have it off. If we're in film, we socially distance them. They have to have masks on. Um, you know, the one thing that's really, it, it, you know, it's been kind of crazy is like, you know, with this contact tracing, um, like the, like last, we were supposed to have our inner squad scrimmage last Saturday. And Wednesday, I get my phone's blowing up. The, the, uh, the two, my two quarterbacks, a bunch of linemen, and they're all like, "Coach, we just got called. We're going. We gotta get quarantined for five days because they were in a class with someone that had tested positive. They didn't. They didn't test positive. Um, you know. And so now, you know, I go to my administration. I'm like, "How are we supposed to have a game? You know, with no quarterback? So we just said, "Hey, let's you know, let's move it and let's hopefully this week, you know." Knock on wood, it's tomorrow. I haven't gotten anything yet as of 7.09 tonight. Um, but it's a fluid situation. You know, it's just, you know, it's everything you teach your kids about football. It's about dealing with adversity and, you know, just kind of fighting through it and thinking about the best situation. And that ultimately, you know, your, your job as a coach, and coach, you know, it, it's yeah. the safety of the kids and uh, make sure that they're, that they're okay and, and um, that the administration is uh, supportive of your decision, which they are. And um, that, that's been probably the, 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 the most um, just abnormal thing during the transition is like all of a sudden, like at eight Oh five, I'll get like these pings and I'm like, 
quarantine. I'm like, what do you mean? You know, yeah. well, so and so has it in class. So we're all going home for five days. And I'm like, okay, well, next, you know, next guy up, you know, and that's, that's really um, the, the, the COVID part of the transition. That's, re that's really what's been the crazy part. Yeah, we, we, I had that conversation with a couple of our kids today because, like, like, I'm transitioning to new school and I'm, I'm like, we're running some routes and doing some, some of the stuff we can do. And I'm just like, you're all going to rep here because God knows what's going to happen during the fall and who's going to be, I don't know what the COVID procedure is going to be or any of that. So, like, all of you need to learn our um, full, full bag, H back, sniffer, whatever the hell you want to call it, position. And, and how to run out of this. I was like, there's, there's only like one kid. I said, you don't need to run this because you're going to, you will never, I know for sure you're never going to play here. But the, the other four of you, you're going to need to learn this. Like you're going to learn multiple positions because God knows what's going to happen. So I, I, I agree hundred percent. I, I want to talk a little too read for you before you talk about you transitioning to offense and, and why you made that decision. Um, obviously, historically, you've been primarily a defensive guy. Um, and you wrote in several books on defense, have several coach two courses, which all that stuff will be in the links below. Um, but to, to read, what was to read for you? Was it primary or secondary coverage? Like, and, and what, what made you go that direction? Um, when you were at DC? It, well, I, it started when I was a player, really. Um, you know, my, my, my head coach and my DC in high school, um, you know, they were, they were big two read guys. Uh, they were influenced heavily by guys. Uh, I mean, we're going back a ways now is like when George Welsh was a head coach at Virginia back in the eighties and nineties. And then Al Golden was a DC there. And then Mark D'Onofrio was there. And, um, that, that was our primary coverage was blue coverage and blue coverage was, you know, uh, to the multiple receiver side, we were two read into the single receiver side. We were Tampa. So we had a, um, a, a search and a kick call, you know, and, and, and that's just kind of how I was brought up. And then when I came back and started coaching there, and then, I, then when I went and got my first DC job, it's, it's what I knew. So it, it was what I was comfortable with. Um, and then, you know, you, you get, you get into the, you know, moving to Florida and, and, you know, just, just the, the more athletes that you see, you kind of have to, you know, be a little bit more, you know, with a variety of things, but, you know, foundationally for me, I mean, that's what I learned, you know, from when I was 14 years old, you know, as a freshman in high school, I mean, that was our, our, our base coverage. And then just, you know, like when I got my first DC job in 06, like that was it, you know, we, we saw multiple receivers, you know, two by two, we were double search and, um, you know, and, and, and again, you know, obviously offense has, has evolved significantly, um, you know, since 2006, but I mean, you know, you're talking about, you know, combination routes and, and that yeah. really matched up well to what we saw year in and year out on our schedule. And, um, and, uh, and to me, to be honest with you, it really, you don't need to have like a stud. I mean, it, obviously it helps if you have a, a stud corner or safety. Right. But um, I think if you have kids that are smart and understand the concept, I think that was the hardest thing for me at the young defensive coordinator was getting those corners and safeties to understand the concept of, to read and having to do a lot of half line stuff where we did route combos so they could, you know, visually see and then practice that tempo, what, you know, what we're going to see in the game on Friday or Saturday. So, um, I mean, I, we, we use it now, our, you know, our defensive coordinator that I hired, you know, to work with me now at East League, um, that's one of our primary coverages is, is to read uh, and the kids have done a really good job, you know, Espen, it's been, you know, two weeks in, in the spring ball and, I'm um, really happy with our progress so far with it. They've really picked it up. Now, when you say two read, is it is there any differences? Because obviously when people hear two read, palms, blue, whatever you want to call it, 
um, everybody automatically goes to the TCU stuff. Like this is automatically this is how you run it. This is the foundation. Do you is is it a hundred percent that, or have you made modifications over the years based off what you see and who you have? Because I like everybody's a little different. Like I was talking to oh who was it the other day? Oh Nick Nick Davis at, at uh, Rose Holman. Yeah. And he talked about how I mean he technically runs Ripple is, but it's a, it's a, his variation based off how he learned it and adjustments based off his kids and what he sees. Sure. I mean, yeah, I, I think, you know, as a defensive guy, you have to, um, you know, see what best fits your personnel. So, like, for us, when I was at Manasquan, you know, we'd have decent athletes, but, you know, we'd have, you know, one athlete every five years that was, like, you know, really, really good. Yeah. Uh, but we just had, you know, tough, hard-nosed kids that were, you know, lacrosse players and basketball players and things like that. Um, but the way we taught it was, you know, the corners, you know, three shuffle steps, butt to the sideline, seeing two. Um, we had the safeties backpedal in, in our version at Manasquam. We we used the, we backpedaled the safeties reading two um, to help them get over top of one. We would see that you know uh, sail route um, when we would see that. Now, as like you're talking about with personnel, we would if we wanted to play different coverages out of the two high, we would use different terminology. So whether whether we were going clamp or whether we were going palms, which is obviously you know one in the same it's the same family um but i think i think it goes back to your point i think it goes back to the athletes that you have and you know do you trust that safety patting their feet to make to make the correct read um and not get you know and not get burnt um so i think for us we were a bit at madison we were big just keep everything in front of you type of defense like we'll, we'll stop the run but we we're not going to get beat deep where you know having the guys we had at palmetto you know having a kid that was a first team all-state safety you can kind of do a couple different things now because he's able to do more things than the, than the kids at Manasquan did. So, um, yeah, I, I've, I've coached it a, a couple different ways, but we'd always name it something different um, depending on, you know, what routes we're going to see. And then, again, obviously who we want to get in the run fit to stop the run. Now, when you were – I got two questions to build off that. One, for your two-read stuff, when you're working route combinations, do you work – the full, like, okay, these are all the possible options we can see, or do you go back and look at, okay, these who we're going to play next year, this is their consistent route combos. How detailed and in-depth and how much in terms of the, because you can do a gajillion different route combos, and a lot of them are, okay, high-low and this and that. And like, they're all based off the same family, but they're still different routes. How, how much stu different stuff did you work when you were working your two-read stuff in practice? We, we, what we would do is, and, and coach, you know, obviously the later on you get in the season, the more film you get and, you know, stuff like that. But really what we would do is we would look at their top four formations and then we'd look at the first down passes, second down passes. And I was, I was calling the defense. I was a big for, formation tendency and then percentage play guy. So I'm going to look at their formation and I'm going to say, okay, out of 11, these three passes are their top three passes. So, the, so when we do our walkthrough, so we would do a pattern match period. And then again, that's, um, that, that was something I think that really made us very successful last year was our walkthrough period pre-practice to show the kids, okay, listen, we're, we're in mod here. You know, we're in quarters here. We're in two read here. This is what you're going to see. This is so then when they got to seven on seven, now it's, they, yeah. they, they know, they already know in their mind what they're doing. So we would probably take the top three or four pass combinations from your top three or four formations and that's what we would work, you know, uh, you know, during, during the week. Now, the other thing you mentioned there was, was shuffling. I, I occasionally get in this conversation with DCs about whether your corner should shuffle or backpedal at this point. 
Um, do you have a preference? Do you want to teach? Or does it depend on the kid um, in terms of corners and what and how they work? Obviously, man coverage is a little different, but when you're talking your whether it be a, some sort of truer zone or your pattern match stuff, what is your kind of preference and how you teach that there? If if we're playing the two read stuff, I, I like the I like the three shuffle steps. Well, the way we would teach it is three shuffle steps, and then if if you cleared the three step, then then we get into our back pedal with our butt to the sideline. So if we did get two verts, obviously now it turns into basically man there's yeah. a corner run with one the safety's going to run with two. Um, so that would be the only shuffle technique that I teach. Uh, everything else, like in, in our cover three stuff, was three slow back pedals to clear the three step. And then get in the third or get get in you know when we ran the three buzz stuff we'd get that corner in the jungle in between one and two uh because we get the viper in the flat and that insert safety for him three up is three and then the backside safety to the post on past or up in support if it was run his way so um that two re stuff is the only shuffle technique that that i've ever taught and it just to me it got because it, it made the kid look at two so that was my thing is like you know we're going to be one by five outside leverage of one with our eyes at two and now we're shuffling so now my eyes have to stay here and then if we do get a quick flat route now i can plan on that outside foot and drive it yeah right so that that's that's kind of the the and that's how i was taught you know the the, the my defensive coordinator in high school when i took over as a dc when in uh 2011 this is how it was taught to me so that's how i i've always taught it because that's the way i was taught and again like you said you you, you get your little you go to your clinics and you get your little tweaks and nuances here but you know we're we're creatures of habit you know we we're, we're very uh very stubborn uh yeah. you know in our ways for the most part and um yeah that that's really the reason behind the, the shuffle for me just in that coverage now um last thing before we transition to some offensive stuff here and um obviously there, there there's there's a variety of ways you can defend trips and I think the old TCU was there's two there's two there's two default ways there's a special and solo which is um, do, you, do you have a favorite out? I mean, most people carry both um, or yeah. carry or they switch to some sort of cover three variation or whatever. Do you have a preference out of those two or do you have a preference of something else to handle trips? If you're default from two read. You're talking about the, just like trips open? Yeah, yeah just, just regular trips open. Just something simple. Okay. So so to me, um, there, there's a couple different things. Like we, we were big. We were big into three buzz this year. Yeah. Uh, very, very big into three buzz. Because uh, we saw a lot of three vertical out of trips, um, and it, it was it was just because we we put our best kid on there on there. You know, basically, it was if we were playing a team that had a really good receiver and moving him around, that kind of for us was like, okay, well, if he's at number one, they like this route. If he's at three, they like this route. So basically, you know, we were playing Bishop Faroe, who's one of the you know one of the best uh, you know private schools in the area last year, and they had this kid Malik Curtis who's going to Miami. Well, they moved him all over the place, and anytime he was in number three. He was going vertical, so we went buzz, and they ran, you know, the two, the uh, I don't know what they call it, but they they had the two ends and yeah. the three vertical, and our corner basically it turned into a bracket because our corner was in the jungle, and our safety had three up as three, so it turned into a bracket for us. Um, also, you know, clinicking a lot with Coach Brown, who's at Arizona now. One of the things because we had the guys to do it, like and I always talked, you know, everybody said, "Well, how'd you guys do this? How'd you shut this guy down? This, that, the other thing, like." If you have the if you have the cats that can do man and and understand the bracket, it's to me in high school football, like you 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 can take away two to three of their best receivers, and and, and it's basically what we would do is 
we'd have an ace, deuce, and a tray call. So and th- this was at, this was out of our our three high safety stuff. Um, so if we were ace left, that means we were we were bracketing the number one receiver. If we were deuce left, number two, tray tray left, and then eight, we could ace we could go ace right, deuce left, and take yeah. take those two guys away. And the guys on the ball had outside leverage because they helped on anything vertical. And if we got any kind of shallow cross, those safeties were driving it, and those other guys were zoning off. So you can stay in that too high look. Obviously, having the third safety helps because you got him as a little hole guy, a robber, technically. But that, for me, we drilled the heck out of it. And once the kids got it, I mean, it, it's lethal, man. At the high school yeah. level, it's, 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 it is a lethal coverage because you're saying to a team that wants to throw the ball, okay, we're, we're going to take away your two best guys, and now you got to find a way. It's, it's, it's checkers. Yeah. Now you now you got to find another way to try to beat us because we're going to take out, take out your two best guys. Now, now, can I just say on a side note there, you mentioned Coach Brown. Coach Brown is a fantastic human being who's been on, on this podcast before, and I, I, I love I, – he, he's just a good person and got back to me quickly. Yes. So I just want to just make that side note just yeah. there. Well, it's it's, it's, it's fun, funny side story. Well, he, he did the forward for both my books. Um, yeah. I, I've known Coach Brown since I was 23 years old. A uh, lot less gray hair and a lot better shape, younger <laughs> coach in uh, Manasquan, New Jersey. And ironically um, – one of his GAs is now my safeties and Vipers coach. Okay. Down at, so, uh, yeah, Coach Brad, you know, and, and, and I mean, Nick, you know, man, he's a genuine human being. Yeah. He, he's, he's one of the good, he's one of the good guys, man. And, and um, I'm happy that he's, he's where he's at. He's having a blast. Um, we talked to him a couple weeks ago. We were in the office and um, he's loving it. He's loving it out there. I, was, yeah. I, I knew he'd land on his feet. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's too good of a coach not to have a job. Exactly. Uh, and and he's just he's just a great human being. I can't say enough good things about. Well, him. I'm I'm finally I'm glad for him that he can finally enjoy some nice weather, at, yeah. at, at this point in his career. Because he's because me and him talked about that on the podcast. Like he's stuck. He's spent ninety percent of his career in the Northeast. Like, yep. and so it's good for him. Like, like seriously, I, yeah. I I hope I wish him nothing but success down there. Um, but kind of I mean I mean the first obvious question is since you're going to run the offense, why did you make that transition to to run the offense? Instead of, I mean, because you're you're primarily been a defensive coach, why did you make that decision instead of hiring an offensive coordinator? Um, I think the two most important positions on 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 a high school staff, and it could be any staff, um, is the offensive line and the defensive backfield. Um, because it starts up front with the offensive line and the secondary is is crucial because it's setting coverage and and you're the last line of defense. So, um, my head coach in high school, Coach Vic Caboo, was a DC. And then when he got a head coaching job, he became an offensive coordinator. So that was kind of always in the back of my mind. Hey, if I ever get a head coaching job, maybe I want to call the offense. And um, there was there was a, a moment where I thought about hiring an offensive coordinator, and I'll stay with the defense. But I said, you know what? I really want this challenge. I really want to take a shot at this. And um, I was fortunate enough to hire a guy that has head that is a head coach or was a head coach in in uh, Hendry County um, d- down the road from us, and he's had a great success as a head coach and uh, is, a, is a defensive guy. And I, I've known him for a few years now. And, um, and to me, like, to be honest with you, studying, you know, being a defensive guy, you study offense for 22 years and um, you know where the defensive weakness, weakness are. So you can move pieces and parts and find out where their Viper is or where they're rolling their coverage to, or, um, you know, what's going to get them in a, in a, in a front where you can exploit it. Um, and, you know, and, and for me, it's, same thing it's the same thing i would i i did as a defensive coach is we're gonna have 
15 calls, but we're going to do them. It's going to look like we're doing a lot, but we're going to practice the heck out of them and we're going to do them with precision and just, and just fly around. And uh, we have some athletes and it's exciting because you get these guys, the ball in space and it's, uh, it's good. It, it, it's good. So it's, it's been a good transition so far. So that, that was my thought process behind it. It was like, if I can hire a guy that I trust, you know, to run the defense and just let those guys coach. I mean, my defensive staff, I got, you know, uh, I hired Brett Burnside as defensive coordinator, assistant head coach, Herbins Paul, who played at Immokalee. Uh, it was a three-year starter at Florida State. He's coaching my corners. And I, I just mentioned Teddy Bowen. That was at Michigan the last three years. So, I mean, the best part for me is I meet with those guys and they know my expectations. And I, I, don't, have to, I don't have to worry about it because I, I know the job's getting done. And I, the head coach now making the transition to that, if you can delegate authority and let guys do their jobs, but explain to them what your what their job is going to be and their expectation. I mean, we're all going to hit bumps in the road. I mean, it's going to yeah. happen eventually. It's not it's not going to be this honeymoon period all the time, you know. But um, open line of communication, and you know that that's kind of like that was my thought process, you know, as as I transition into into the role. Well, I say that I say I say that all the time. I think me and Coach Derry, who was on the early episodes of this podcast, who occasionally still guest host on here. We said all the time, part of the reason we had so much success at Fairborn last year, going six and one, was Randy let us three coordinators do our jobs. Like yep. he, he trusted all three, he handled all the head coaching stuff, would make some suggestions here, there, and then coach when he needs a coach. But he let us three coordinators, special teams, offense, defense, do what we need to do week to week, and and go. And he like he delegated that, and we delegated below us, and. So forth. So, and I think that, and I, and I, and when he left for Utah, I, t- I, I told our AD is like, you need to find somebody like that, like who just can just delegate and be the CEO of the program, coach where he needs a coach, whether it be a position or coordinate something. If he, oh, it's fine, but you, you need you at the high school level, you have to be able to delegate. There's too much mm-hmm. to do. Like, it, it that's 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 why certain colleges are really good because they have good support staffs. You can't. I don't care how good the head coach is. If you don't have a good staff to support you, it's going to be a problem. Oh, I mean, yeah, there's no doubt. And, and like, like you said, it's, it's about, you know, letting guys coach. Like one of the things I learned from my head coach in high school was like, as a, and I, and I, I did this as a coordinator is, you know, if I have a young coach or a coach that, I, you know, if I see something, I don't want to be the one to always say it. You know, I don't want the kids to look at me. I'm going to pull that coach and say, hey, listen, that Viper needs to apex. Make sure you remind the Viper to apex. And then he'll go over and tell the kid. So now the kid knows that that that's, the you know, he's yeah. he's he's the one he needs to look to. I, I shouldn't be the one always saying this, 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 and this, and this, you know, because then the kids just get, you know, tone deaf um, to, to the other guys because they're always looking for you as opposed to the guys they're supposed to be looking for. So, yeah, yeah no, I agree. Hundred percent. Let your coaches coach, delegate authority, and you know, and, and, the, and the, you got to get the kids to buy in. That that's that's the biggest thing is getting the kids to buy in. Now, I'm not I'm not going to go directly and like ask you for every scheme you're running and all that. But what were your? I mean, obviously, you mentioned 20, 20 plus years of being a, a defensive coach influences you prospectively on how to attack defenses. And like I said, I was I was DC for three years, and it's kind of factored in me being an OC this year. Okay, I know. We need answers for X, Y, Z, all that lovely stuff. And mm-hmm. um, so, but outside of uh, obviously being a coordinator, what, what are your kind of influences in kind of dictating? Okay, this is what I want to run. 
I mean, obviously you got athletes and that kind of factors in too, but how are, how are you determining, okay, this is the scheme I wanted to bring with me? Uh, I did a lot of, I did a lot of research in the off season, um, bought a lot of Alex Kirby stuff. <laughs> with you. Uh, I think, I think, I think I'm a VI, I think I'm a gold, yeah. gold v member of, of the book club over there. Um, Which, but those links know, to, can also be found below. <laughs> there you go, man. Um, so I mean, to me, it was, I mean, and again, I'm a defensive guy, so we're going to run the football. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take clock, especially against some of the teams we're going to play uh, that have, you know, we play Lehigh as a rivalry game. They got Richard Young, who's the number one running back in the class of 23. He's got like 35 offers. Um, and the kids, he's a stud. So we want, we don't want him touching the ball. So we're going to find ways to keep the clock moving um, and get the guy, our guys the ball in space and things like that. Um, I've always been a fan of North Dakota State and how they run the football. Um, Coastal Carolina, um, we have the quarterback that can do some stuff like them. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see how we, how we pull that off and, um, and just a different, different screen game. And to, to me, it, to me, it's make it easy on the, the high school quarterback. We're not going to have you take a seven step drop, double read the safeties. <laughs> our, we're going to sprint out. We're going to throw screens. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? We're going to do some misdirection stuff. Like I'm not, I'm not going to tell a, a sophomore in high school that you're doing a five step drop and got to read a safety yeah. and a viper. It's one read or it's not open. You see green grass, yell go. If not, throw it to me on the sideline at second and 10. It, it, we're not, I'm not trying to Lincoln Riley it or, or, you know, throw the ball all over the place. Cause as a defense, my first year down here in Florida, our guy was a Tony Franklin guy. Listen, I don't know Tony Franklin. I don't know him from anything, but all I know is I think we might've set the record for most seven second drives in the history of the state of Florida. And I, I'm like banging my head against the wall because I'm like, Punt team. What do you mean punt team? We just sat down to go on the whiteboard. It's like, you know, get, run, run the football. Give us, give us a chance. Give us a little break. You know, like if you're completing passes, that's one thing. You're keeping the clock moving. That's great. But you're sitting down with the whiteboard, with the whiteboard and it's punt. And I'm like, it just happened. Yeah. We just sat down. Um, but yeah, so that, that's kind of like North Dakota State, Coast, Coastal Carolina. Um, you know, a little bit of a uh, little bit of what Miami does with uh, with Coach Coach Lachey like stuff like that. Just, just something quick to get, get the ball into the perimeter yeah. and let our go to work. Coach will say this, like you don't think about it, but then you turn on some Miami film from last year and he does some really good stuff. I had that conversation with Alex Kirby there, uh, got weeks ago. Um, nope. and like, I just noticed, I think I posted on Twitter at one point, like they run, they run some, like you just, it could, it, it, it's no offense to Miami, but you've kind of forgotten about them a little bit because Clemson's taking mm-hmm. the ACC. I mean, yep. You just kind of do, and but like I mean, he does some really good stuff. I've talked to one or two guys on the North Coast State staff. They, do, I love what they do. Like, and, oh. it, and it's just like, it, yeah, it is essentially an NFL offense, but they run duo and power better than probably anybody in, in yeah, the country. It's, oh, it's it. Well, you know, you know what too. You know, you know what was really good a couple of years ago before he went to Nebraska was uh, when Scott Frost was at Central yeah. Florida. Um, I mean, some of the stuff that they do, um, or they did, uh, like I, I was watching the other day that they, they ran, um, they ran a, a, a Q replay where they ran power. It was at, oh, it was at, a, it was at a 12 personnel. They ran power to the one side and then they, tr- they, uh, took, took the H put them on a mic and then they cross blocked 
and the quarterback was reading the, the, the inside linebacker. The inside linebacker went to the power. He pulled it. It, it, it was some nasty stuff, man. Yeah. It, it, th- things those guys do and how creative they are, like I, like when, when he was at, at UCF, they, they ran with Mackenzie Milton before he got hurt. They ran the, you know, the diamond bunch, at, you know, with, with the single receiver out of empty. And I remember we went up to a coach's clinic. I remember asking him and I said, what, what's your quarterback looking at? He goes at the middle's open. He's pumping to the diamond and they're running, they're running uh fold. Their center's blocking back. So it's, it's, it's Q fold. If there's a, if there's a guy in the middle, he's taking the ball and he's throwing it right now. Yeah. And I'm like, high school, we could do that. Yeah. I mean, like that's, that's stuff that's not tell the quarterback. If it's somebody in the middle, the ball's going out there. If you see nobody in the middle, pump and take the ball and run up the midline. Yeah. Well, there's certain things you can apply and certain things you can't like, I, we, we, when we, I think it was, was it last spring or the spring before when everybody was watching Lincoln Riley run the counter RPOs or, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And we're just like, yeah, we don't have the kits for that. We would joke in our group text. Like, I was like, if I had the kids for that, that's fantastic. That is beautiful. And when you have four and five star recruits, you can do a lot of things. Also when you're as smart as he is, that helps too. But sure. like, a, that doesn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, minor details. Um, but yeah, that, but to your point, like, when I look at people who are on duo, I'm like, I have some linemen that I could double team to the backer. Like, that's that I that I can do. Um, mm-hmm. You also mentioned sprint out a minute ago. I think, and I want your opinion on this. Um, I think it's probably the most over not overused bad word. It is probably one of the best ways to maximize quarterbacks in high school, and probably one of the most ignored ways to to do something in uh, college and the NFL. Would you probably agree? Uh, I agree 100. percent I I think I think you I think you hit the nail on the head with the Lincoln Riley stuff. Is that you know obviously during this pandemic we've all been inundated with you know clinics and stuff like that. And, and it, I mean it's a good thing because your brain's thinking and you're thinking how to help your kids out and your team and stuff like that. But it always goes back to how can I put my kid in the best position to be successful? Now if I got Arch Manning back there, <laughs> let it let it rip. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. six five five star kid. 30 offers, let it, let it go. Five step, whatever, high, low stuff, whatever you want to yeah. do. For, for me, it, it just, it's, 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 it doesn't put a lot of stress on them. It cuts the field in half and you're, I mean, you're running smash. You're reading the corner. Yeah. You know, we run Steeler, we run our Steeler route where we, we run it out of flex. So our, our slot is on, our Z is off and we have the, we have the fullback. So the slot runs a corner. The Z runs a shutdown behind the the Viper, and then we get the fullback in the flat. So the quarterback's sprinting out, and it reads the Viper. If the Viper goes to the fullback, he's throwing the shutdown. If the Viper sits, he throws the flat route. Yeah. So it's 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 looking at one guy, and if that guy does one thing, you do the other, and then that's it. There's no in between. We throw our tunnel screens. We look to the swing route, come back to the tunnel. That's it. They're <laughs> taking a whole lot of thinking out of it. Exactly. Um, so I got, I got three last things for you is, is um, well, I, I never asked, like, what, I mean, you obviously mentioned O-lines, and I mean, and I agree vastly, O-lines probably the most important position. I mean, I, 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 I have an old analogy. I forget who I heard it from is when you, when you become a head coach, you need to know who the, the coordinator on the opposite side of the ball is, is and who your O-line coach is. I think that, and so obviously you became the offensive coordinator so you found a good dc and are you coaching the line or did you hire somebody else to do that 
So I was going to coach the O-line. Um, I, I'm, at, I'm helping the O-line, but I hired um, uh, a, a gentleman who is, he's 49 years in. He's an ex-Marine, Vietnam vet. He actually is my college linebacker coach. Uh, <laughs> you're playing in college and um he's 72 years old and has more energy than the 22 year old kid on staff um Sari. and bob is one of the most intense dudes guy, the guy literally fell on a grenade in vietnam oh, but, or, yeah like has a scar up oh yeah yep that's the kind of guy he is so he had called me because he has a place right here in fort myers when i got the job and he said hey i'd love to come down and coach for you and originally I was going to have him coach linebackers and then coach Bowen called me and I said, you know what? I trust Bob. I can help him. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between quarterbacks, every offensive position. I'm just kind of yeah. bouncing and forth with, but Bob's great. The kids love him. Kids yeah. absolutely, absolutely love him. That's fantastic coach. All right. And then my, my next, my next question is what, whether, whether you run the stuff or not, that was, that it's going to, how you're going to answer the next two questions. Um, it, from who, what offense do you watch that you just enjoy watching? Like if you just sat there, it doesn't matter whether you run the scheme or not. Like you can just sit there and watch it. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Coastal Carolina, all day. All right. And, and then I the, the the secondary question is, what about defense? <laughs> wow. Um, Putting you on the spot here, too, because I know you know a lot of those guys, so it's even better. Man, uh, I would say I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the, the level. So high school defense, um, I love what Adam Harvey does at Hutto. Um, uh, I love what Eric Kasparovich did at Pine Richland. Um, Man, uh, college, obviously, Coach Brown, uh, the stuff that he does. Iowa State, man. Yeah. That three high safety stuff, that is lethal. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they, they I, I love what, I mean, and again, uh, unfortunately, you know, down in Florida, you know, I'd have to, I got to find some way to watch the game. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I would say Coach Brown and and Iowa State and then the NFL. I mean, I'm, I'm from Jersey originally, so I'm a Belichick Parcells guy. So. Okay. Shot for that. That was like my my seven and eight year old like jam. Like Bill Belichick with Carl Banks and LT and you know uh, Jim Burt and Gary Reasons and Mark Collins and you know th- that I mean that that was Harry Carson. I mean I, I could I go on and on about those guys. I I had a, a, a signed penny in my room growing up. I was a ball boy for a Giants versus Police charity game and. Got the, all those guys to sign it. The, it's still at my mom's house in New Jersey. The ink's all faded. You can make that LT signature. There you, you know. Go. But yeah, that 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 that, and then obviously, um, eighty-five Bears. Right. Love it. No, perfect. Now I, I do have, I, I do have follow up with that because you I have this conundrum all the time. How how applicable is the three high safety stuff in in state of Florida? Because I I have this conversation all the time and like I love the stuff. Um, Runda who, who at Bluffton. Um, he's, he's done two videos on the three high safety stuff for my channel. Um, his former head coach is now on the Iowa state staff. Um, and so I, I love listening to his stuff, but majority of the offenses in Ohio are still extremely run based and are, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's not, I've said it all the time. It's not Texas. Like we're not air raid 
mass right. spreading. It's still a very heavy gap scheme team. There's a good big pockets of wing tee and flex bone in various points of state. Now, I'm not saying teams don't run the spread in our state. There are teams that do, but it's not. And obviously Texas, you can do a little more because everybody and their brother, because of the accessibility in spring passing leagues and weather nice around the year, you can throw a little more. Indoor, indoor facilities. Yes. I mean, and that's also few and far between here in Ohio. So, but how mm-hmm. applicable is that in your state? I mean, obviously the weather's nice most of the year outside of hurricane season. Uh, yep. um, so, yeah. I mean, how, how applicable is it for you in your state and, and why, why do you like it? Um, well, A, it gets more athletes on the field. Okay. Um, B, I think it, I mean, we, we actually turned it into our pressure package last year. Cause you know, we're on the bear front and obviously bear is basically pressure cause you're five on five up front. Um, but we turned it into our, our blitz package with our athletes on the field. Um, it's to me, you have to be ready. It, it, like if, if, if someone's a 10 personnel team and they want to throw the ball over the field, it's very applicable because you, you take away. So like the way we would play it is if you gave us, we go back to that three by one question you asked before. So basically we would play, we play, we play two read. We put the Viper to the trips. Viper always went to the passing strength. Right. And the, the rover, that third safety, his rule is always find three. So he lined up over three. So now you're four over three to the trips. And now based off the width of that of that X, we would either play trap or invert. So the corner would make that call. If he didn't because that was his thing. If you're a trap corner, you have to add late into the run game. Yeah. That that was our thing. Like if you call trap, you're gonna get in that slant window. But then if they run, you better get your ass in up up in, in the run fit and force that thing. And the same thing with the safety. We call it invert. You better get down there, take away that slant, and then and then you come to the run fit late. So if you have an RPO heavy, like ten personnel team, even eleven personnel, because all that safety is going to do is now if you go, uh, you know, tray with the tight end as opposed to the third receiver, the safety just lines up over the tight end at eight yards. Yeah, he has three control, um, and you're still trapping or inverting on the backside. The, the only thing for me is. You got to find a different way to play just straight 10 personnel two by two because if you because the safety the, the rovers rule is line up over three well the running backs three so now he's going to be eight yards over the running back and now you have uncovered slot which doesn't scare me because we just played palms to it i didn't care <laughs> get, get scared you know and you can you can put the you can lose the rover in the run fit and put a put him and and just play three over two on both sides right but again, the the one thing I think we we saw the kryptonite to that is twelve personnel. Okay. Like so, all these clinics that I've done and, and guys have asked the same question about it, and I'm like, listen, you better. It, it's I, if, if you, I said if you're facing an RPO run team, fan, I mean, RPO team, fantastic, because you make them hand the ball off, which an RPO coach does not want to do. They want to get the ball out on the perimeter and they want to get it out fast. Yeah. They don't want to hand the ball off. That that's not fun for an RPO guy. <laughs> the quarterback handing the ball off, but like I, I tell these guys that, that that ask me and all this other stuff, and I'm like, you better have a plan for twelve personnel because like when Notre Dame went to twelve against Iowa State a couple of years ago, they ran inside zone I think for like two hundred and fifty yards. Yeah. In that game, so ha- have a have a plan for twelve personnel. But yeah, definitely applicable. But down here with all the spread stuff that we okay. see, I, I think that's a good way to end it, um, coaches. Make sure you check out Coach's Coach Tube and Books. Both links are in the bio. As we mentioned, Alex Kirby's link will be in the bio too. He's one of our affiliates. 
you want to check out there or any of our other affiliates and sponsors, you can check out below. Check out my Patreon. Um, and then like, share, subscribe, all the usual stuff that we do. Um, help coaches find coaches stuff um, and find the podcast as this keeps growing. Um, thank you. And that was another episode of the Gap Down Backer Podcast.